after going through various heart-rending relationships with clients, it dawned on me, hey, why, why the hell am I not applying this to client relationships as well? So I started looking and digging a little bit more and then aligned the five love languages to client relations or client acquisition. So it helps you to figure out not just how to relate to your existing clients, but also how to capture your ideal client. I got goosebumps. I know. That's just got, freaking I, I brilliant. got my own goosebumps from Good. myself. Too legitimate to quit? Instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the powerhouse, Anika Repole Wilson. Anika is the managing director of Chic Digital, a boutique digital marketing agency. Well known for her out of the box thinking and personal approach, she has earned the moniker of Strategy Maverick over the years. Anika is a hub of knowledge and experience, having worked with over 50 brands, small to large, in the last 15 years. She is a think tank of big ideas with the execution plan built in, and she holds the honor for being the first TLTQ guest to make me cry on the podcast. Anika, my single favorite, favorite Jamaican. What do small business owners need to focus on this week? This week, I think that small business owners would benefit from better understanding their compatibility with potential clients. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, that seems totally obvious, but I know that in practice, it's entirely not, right? Because we... I think a lot of the time we get pulled into like the most important thing that you need to know about your client is this. Yeah. And even if that's valuable, we don't Mm -hmm. actually think about whether or not we're compatible to that. Tell me more about that. I love that word compatible. I mean, compatibility is is crucial in any relationship. That's that's number one. Um, But here's the thing. So a little background. One of my first jobs was in customer service. And uh, you you tend to hear the saying that the customer is always right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And you need to be very mindful of your customer's needs. And I was really good at client relations and I was sought after for it. And, you know, you anticipate the client's needs and so forth. But when you start your own business, And when you are trying to scale and when you are trying to survive the day with trial and error, you find out that some clients are just not for you. Amen. That also reminded me of one of our previous conversations where we talked about that customer service role. Uh Uh-huh. 
And correct me if I'm wrong, they made you do an American accent for oh that Oh, my role. God, yes. <laughs> and I mean, did, don't, we're, I thought we weren't oh, going there. Oh, we're going there. <laughs> Didn't they make you use the name, like, Michelle or something? What was your American I think it was Mandy. <laughs> that was the name. Mandy was my, my telemarketing Mandy. name. Yeah. Um, could you give us just one sentence of Mandy's oh, voice? No. No, Addie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd probably get my Jamaican card revoked. <laughs> it's too good. It's too it's good. It's too good. Mandy, I'm sorry. Retired. Mandy, Mandy is retired. retired. But just know that we got a little glimpse of it when you were talking before. You went a little bit into Mandy, but just listeners, sorry to keep you on the outside. I have heard full Mandy and full Mandy is damn convincing (laughs) but even then like you know there's something to be said for that too it's like what a weird way to come at compatibility i'm sure that there's Mm -hmm. some thing about everybody loving their own accent the most i think we all kind of sound like beautiful Mm -hmm. hyenas but like i don't know what the (laughs) psychology of that is but even that like what a weird fake way to come about i know compatibility and even in the the caribbean it's still it's still I don't know if it's taught, but by default, when you pick up a customer service rep, they have an accent. There's an accent. So Well, and yours is like American Southern, which I also really enjoy. I've heard that. I would also hear that I have an uptone Jamaican accent, but it, it varies. But I mean, Jamaica. Itself, uptown like Jamaica. Oh, my Southtown God. Southtown USA. All right. <laughs> All right. But it varies. It varies depending on where you go in the country anyway, just like anywhere else. We all have different accents. But before I derail us entirely into Mandy, (laughs) I think so many people are terrified of something that you just said, which is that not all customers are for you because it's really Mm -hmm. hard and scary to turn down money. Oh, gosh, especially when you're starting out. Yes. There's this need to, to pay bills and you prioritize that over your own well-being in many ways and uh, then you end up biting the bullet and you end up getting yourself in trouble and realizing the really hard way that shit I should not have taken on that client no Mm -mm. right because then the service industry as coaches right solopreneurs it is it's a big a big um challenge doing heart-centered work Mm-hmm. For somebody you don't like, oh my gosh, sucks. Yeah, it yeah. just freaking sucks. Exactly. Even if the money is great, and especially if the money is great. Yeah, or when you don't feel valued as well. So it's yes. almost equivalent. It's almost equivalent. They could be a great person. I've had experiences where I know that I would be. I would want to hang out with this person. I want them mm-hmm. to be my friend. Like that we'd be best friends, but I cannot work with them. No. But I end up finding out about that much later on too. I mean, I've also had to your point, I've had incredible people mm-hmm. hire me and they turn out to be god awful clients. Yep. Doesn't it happen often. Mm-hmm. But it happens. And those are the days when you know that your boundaries are being tested. Nothing will show you a hole in a boundary more than a takey-takey client. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what's even worse than the takey-takey clients? 
the people who seem totally motivated at the beginning mm-hmm. and then need to literally be dragged through the process. And that's the thing that that's where the compatibility comes into play, because if you are aware of what your needs are as the service provider, if you are aware of where your priorities lie and how you prefer to deal with client relations, then you will be better equipped with choosing the right client for yourself and not overextending yourself in the process. Oh, I love that point. I love that point. If you know that you're you're not the hand-holding client, I mean, the hand-holding coach, then you shouldn't be taking on clients who are going to need their hand felt. No. Yeah. And a lot of the time, you don't know that at the get-go. You don't know that at the get-go, but there are warning signs. There are warning signs. There are certainly warning signs. And the more you do whatever you're doing, Mm -hmm. you'll know, and then you can start incorporating that into your processes. Because the other thing is, we don't want to turn people away empty-handed. Number one, we don't want to turn away money because money is hard to turn away. Yeah. Number two, though, we don't want to be the dick that's like, sorry, don't want to work with you. <laughs> like, we don't want to do that. But yeah. you also don't have to walk away empty-handed. You can give them a resource list. You can refer them to somebody exactly. else. You can do all of these exactly. other things. But, you know, it is definitely a muscle that mm-hmm. you build and hone or an instinct that you hone of, like, ah, we are not a fit here. Exactly. Mm. And, you know, the the funny thing is, and you you just said it, like you don't want them to walk away empty-handed and you want them to probably have a resource list. What I've started doing is even talking with my colleagues to figure out what their love languages are. So that if I need to refer someone to somebody else because I'm not compatible, I know who to send them to. So you brought up today's brought it up. hidden message, and I am <laughs> or hidden message. It's not a hidden message. Today's special guest, <laughs> the love languages, which not only will it revolutionize relationships. You were the first person that pointed out to me because we're buds mm-hmm. how valuable it can be in business, and since then, I cannot stop thinking about my clients in terms of freaking love languages. And I teach the four buyer types. That's like emotional Mm -hmm. to detail and everything in between. Mm -hmm. But when you add that extra layer that we're going to talk about today of Mm -hmm. really looking at your prospects, love languages. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. Take us to church. Well, well, here's the thing there. There's, when you're talking about the prospects and you're talking about existing clients as well, there, there are ways that, for example, so let's give it a little context. So for folks who aren't aware of the love languages. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. They, they were created by um, Gary Chapman, and they're a great tool to figure out compatibility with um, lovers, romantic mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. For me, I have always kind of applied them to friendships as well. And then after going through various heart-rending relationships with clients, it dawned on me, hey, why, why the hell am I not applying this to client relationships as well? Mm-hmm. So I started looking and digging a little bit more and then aligned 
the five love languages to client relations or client acquisition. So it helps you to figure out not just how to relate to your existing clients, but also how to capture your ideal client. <sighs> I got goosebumps. I know. That's just I got, freaking I, I brilliant. I got my own goosebumps from Good. myself. Good. Good. I am glad. Everyone is welcome to give themselves goosebumps. Good for you. That means that you are in your lane of genius. Good for you. I unlocked a level. (laughs) Yes, you did. You're like, "Mm, damn. I do that sometimes when I listen back to like my interviews on other people's podcasts is I'll say something and I'll be like, that was genius. Who said that? Me? (laughs) Right? Like it happens. We have to celebrate our best moments, y'all. We certainly mourn our worst ones. Oh, yeah. But so the five love languages as outlined in the original book are Mm -hmm. words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, gift giving, and... Mm -hmm. And acts of service. Acts. Of, oh my God. I just forgot. That's the one that a lot of people tend to they forget about it for some reason. That's my husband's predominant love language. And I just forgot. That's mine it. too. That's mine too. <laughs> what does it say so. that I just forgot Ryan's predominant love language? <laughs> That's a podcast for a different day. Ooh. Right? Ooh, but but you know what's really interesting though is that we like your the way that you receive and the way that you give. Mm-hmm. can be really similar. But I didn't notice until I started talking to you about this mm-hmm. that my personal love languages and my business love languages are very similar, but they are mm. not the same. Exactly. That That's a really good insight right there. They're very similar, but they're not exactly the same. But you said your predominant is acts of service. My predominant is acts of service. It's also words of affirmation mm-hmm. and quality time. But there, therein lies the difference with clients and with personal, because the quality time is still very valuable to me, but I have to also be very mindful of my own boundaries. Right. Because I, I will overextend myself. Of course. Uh, yeah. I yeah. think all of us would overextend in every single possibility when we look at it as a love language. Mm -hmm. Right. That's one of the things that knocks you out. It's like, you know, Ryan really loves acts of service. And so if I do the dishes, he sees that as an act of love. Right. I really love quality time. So if I don't do the dishes so we can watch a movie together, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. that for me and, you know, and that's how we sometimes come in to conflict in that way. Yeah. But but that's that compatibility that you're talking about. It's not that like, because he and I don't match, it's totally different. But the same thing with my clients, quality time would definitely be my number one love language for my clients and in my business. I love teaching group calls more than anything else in the world. Mm -hmm. One a day, it like fills my heart with song, how much I love them. But I also know because it's my freaking love language, Like Ryan would clean this whole house in detriment to himself to try to show me love. I would spend every single freaking moment of my life with him to try to show him love. We're not firing the same love at each other there. Similarly with my clients, I will give them every single second of my work day. I will make a one hour call, a two hour call, a five hour call in order to get in that quality time. But that's sacrificial of me. And they might not see, the client may not understand 
mm-hmm. the importance of that quality time to me. And they may, they, not va- they may not value it at, at all. That's yeah. the difference as well. And I can, I can feel my spidey sense, um, you know, spidey sense tingling about like maybe people are saying, well, you know, how does personal touch, not physical touch come into play? And that's the thing. Like I flipped it into personal touch. Yes. So whereas the, you may also be heavy on the personal touch mm-hmm. as well as the quality time. So right. therein lies your challenge of having to figure out where the, your boundaries lie. How much of that personal touch are you willing to give? Because mm-hmm. you can give that same quality time in one hour, but you're willing to overextend yourself for that personal touch for mm-hmm. five hours. That's a perfect workaround. Yeah. It really is because I was, I was like physical touch. I mean, I guess it works for like massage therapists, but I was like, but most of us probably shouldn't touch no, our clients, uh, especially <laughs> not in the same way that you would in a romantic relationship. Although, you well, know, if that's right within your boundaries, well, it, depends. You. it depends on what the work is. <laughs> if you're a professional cuddler, you're making that work for you. Good for you. Exactly. But exactly. no, but I think that personal touch mm-hmm. also takes the barrier away of needing to be in person and and now that we're recording this we're recording this in may it'll come Mm -hmm. out later in this summer but like we're still coming off of this 15 years of or 15 years feels like it 15 months of severe covid like Mm -hmm. here in the u.s stuff is starting to cut down in the caribbean it's still heating up like oh oh my gosh we're still in this we need to add a few more years Right. But we're still in this isolated place. Mm -hmm. And so shifting it to personal touch, Mm -hmm. no matter what your business is, all of us can be looking at the way to make people feel seen and safe and supported. And, you know, the thing is, it's it's when you talk about a personal touch, if your client has the personal touch as one of their primary love languages then they would really value if you engage with their social media channels. Yes! They love that. They would love if you popped up at their store, walked into their location, or you sent them a mail just out of the blue just to check on them. Um, They enjoy one-on-one coaching. Like Those are the ones who are going to go for the one-on-one coaching. They're they're probably not even interested in like a, a workshop because that means that there are more people around. They want they want to be all up in your face. Yep. And they want that personal interface with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of if, the easiest ways that I've incorporated words of affirmation, and I think it really matters, not for all people, but for mm-hmm. the people whose love language in business or in life is in that words of affirmation way, is whether someone has ever paid me or not. Whether they've gotten damn close to paying me or not, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. If someone posts a win online, I congratulate them on that win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and from a business standpoint, it reminds them I exist. So they're like, thank you for sharing in this joy with me. P.S. Can I get on your calendar? Woo! That's nice. <laughs> That's not why I'm doing it. Uh-huh. But it's so freaking easy when you see someone in your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed saying, I had a great workshop today, or I just got an amazing client, or I finished that certification I've been going for. It takes one second out of your day mm-hmm. to be like, 
and genuinely, right? It doesn't, if it's not genuine, don't do it. But if you're excited for that person, type two words. Ah, congratulations. Yep. That's yep. all it takes. And and those folks who really are into words of affirmation, they, and this, this is a good hint for folks who are trying to recruit clients or acquire clients. Um, those folks, they need social proof. Yeah. They need testimonials. Yeah. They love data. So yeah. data is like one of their priorities. So if you are working with a client and you can give them KPIs for where they're going to be in the next three months after working mm-hmm. with you, nice range, they appreciate that. Yes. That's, how their, that's how their brain works. They need to be affirmed. They need to yes. be reassured. Yes. So, so those clients are the ones that need the words of affirmation. Because they're checking the boxes in their brain. Exactly. Going, did I get this question answered? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did I get this question answered? Yes. And and in sales, it's a lot about objection handling. Yeah. Was this objection handled before I had to ask it? If I did have to ask it, did I feel safe asking it? Mm-hmm. And if I did feel safe asking it, did I get an answer that satisfied me? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, when, you, when you break it down like this, it makes it a little easier when you just think about clients like any other relationship. Why don't we? Why don't we? Is it because of the money? I think it's because of the money, quite frankly. And then when you have your audience in particular, folks who are empaths, then everything kind of gets all bungled up in there. And yeah. it's <laughs> because you're working with the money and the money is a priority but at the same time you're like oh I need to give my heart right and you're giving and giving and giving but then you might be giving to the wrong people or giving too much to the right ones good point there too yeah I've done exactly. both mm-hmm. they both suck yeah ditto it's painful it's painful especially when you take it and you take it kind of personally of course you do <laughs> To your point, it's a love language. Mm -hmm. If you are a heart-centered small business, which you have to be if you're listening to this maniac of a show, if you're a heart-centered small business, and I talk about this with sales avoidance all the time, you don't want to violate the person on the other end. Exactly. What we do is we over-deliver, but because we're over-delivering love, when that love is not returned to us in a way that we see Mm -hmm. or understand or can quantify, it hurts. Oh, yeah. It's an yep. imbalance. It is no different than dating someone who treats you like crap. Yeah. And then it's funny because then you, you fall into this loop of, as Diane Wingert oh, <laughs> points I out. beloved. Love her. Um, you fall into the loop of uh, rejection sensitivity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, rejection so, sensitivity. I feel yeah. like rejection sensitivity is my middle name. That's what the P stands for. And rejection sensitivity rubble. I just said rubbles. My last name is Rubbles. <laughs> Clearly, you've blown my mind to the fact that I forgot my own name. <sighs> but oh but that's totally God. true. It does feel like a rejection. And so many of us mm-hmm. try to force out the rejection that we can control. Meaning we don't ask so we don't sell so that mm-hmm. we don't get rejected, right? We don't hear that. No. But you're totally right that mm-hmm. how we're projecting and how we're receiving mm-hmm. does 
feel like a rejection no matter what if we're if we're trying to reach out to the wrong people if we're not allowing ourselves to receive from the right people right. and if we're not willing to discern the difference and it, it comes back to you being mindful of yourself and your own limits your own limits your own desires and and just who you are in general be mindful of your own desires mhm that just kicked me right in the stomach in a good way. Yeah. Right? Be mindful of your own limits is something that took me many, many years mm -hmm. to come close to. And it's still a work in progress. I'm not there all the way. It's not perfect. But I'm not sure I ever act mindful with my desires. Mm. Yeah, because if you are aware that you desire words of affirmation yourself, you, you want validation from your clients. Ugh. then you're going to go after clients who are going to give you that validation with great testimonials. They're going to sing your praises. They're going to refer you to their friends. And you can kind of spot those people from the get-go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of the times they themselves have been referred to you by somebody else because they value words of affirmation too. Mm -hmm. They've gotten the social proof. Somebody gave them a testimonial. Yeah. And those are the ones, if, if you, if that is your desire to be affirmed, to be validated, then you need to go after more of those clients. And that's the same thing for one of the things that I, that I've talked about a whole bunch is the easiest way to sell live coaching mm -hmm. is through live coaching. The mm -hmm. easiest yep. way to sell group programming is mm -hmm. through some kind of live group, right? Yeah. And that's your quality time angle. If quality yeah. time is important to you, don't send them to a webinar. Exactly. If quality time is not that important to you, maybe a webinar is a okay. But the thing is, I have a webinar funnel and I love it, but it can't be my only funnel that'll drive me insane. I want mm -hmm. FaceTime. Yeah. And I also know that for a lot of people, I'm an inquired taste that they're either going to want or not want. Mm-hmm. How are they going to see if I'm right for them? They're going to come share quality time with me. Exactly. And and then you just touched on a point because the folks who love quality time, they're probably more into a live webinar mm -hmm. than something that's pre-recorded. Yeah. They don't feel valued at that point in time. I think the other thing that's coming up for me that's really interesting because I send a lot of mail all over mm -hmm. the world. Like I can tell you how expensive it is to sell, like to sell, to send a cowbell to Israel. Like I know. I know how much because I've done it. But, you know, this idea of there's a whole lot of like free gift in marketing, mm -hmm. right? There's the, the you know, the freebie, the mm. clickbait, the blah, blah, the opt-in. Well, we're coming to the gift giving. Uh, right? The opt-in yeah. and all these things. I'm not saying you have to spend a billion dollars on every single person. That gets freaking expensive. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to call something a free gift, can we make it feel like a fucking gift, please? Oh, good point. Good point. What do they actually need? What are we just vomiting content at them? And what what would actually feel like a gift? And then and then here's the here's the issue that I have personally, because it's become such a big practice now where people, you know, you sign up for this newsletter, you get this free, you sign up for this, you get this free, you sign up for this, you get this. It, it's, I think in many ways, it can potentially um, 
numb your audience. Ooh, tell me more. They're, they're, they become blind to what you can truly offer. And there's this sense of, well, if it's not free, if I don't get something right now, then, you know, what's the next step? But here's the thing. The person who values gift giving, they actually won't take that for granted. That's the difference. Right. And, and that therein lies the problem because we're by nature in marketing, we're told, you know, you need these lead magnets. You need to put this out. I myself have a few, but at the same time, you're probably attracting people who aren't aligned with gift giving. They just want the, the, the freeness. Yeah, they just want to receive. They're not necessarily yeah. naturally givers attracted exactly. to giving. Exactly. They want to do what we talk about on the show all the time, which is sponge up all of your free stuff and treat you like a public library with your consent and then leave. And then leave. And they probably won't sign up again. But here's the, the thing that you can do to protect yourself is to set a cap. So if you have a freebie, you ensure that you are just setting a cap on that freebie. I'm not giving away more than five discovery calls this month. Yep. More than 10, 10 downloads this, this week. However you want to frame it, you should still have some sort of cap on it because then to those individuals who really don't see the value in it, mm-hmm. then it gives them a little bit of um, FOMO <laughs> where they will then in turn value it a little bit more. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they like- don't take it for granted. I mean, nothing, nothing is more fun in just like a, oh, whoa, but also like, how are we going to handle this way? Then somebody that emails me like right after a countdown clock ran out uh-huh. and they yeah. were like, I put it in my calendar and I thought you said four o'clock, but I guess you said two o'clock and now I didn't get it. Does that really mean I don't get it? And I'm like, well, you can come <laughs> next month. And they're like, damn it. But you better bet that they're there on time next month. Yeah. I mean, FOMO actually gives me anxiety. I'm very, very careful with that. Right. I don't like it at all. I personally don't like it as a marketing gimmick. But but to the individuals whose love language is not aligned with the value of gift giving, yeah. those people need a little FOMO. They could use a little FOMO. They need, yes. to, they need to fear that missing out factor. So they value you a little bit more and that free gift. I mean, FOMO is why scarcity and urgency marketing exists. Yeah. If I'm not one of the first 10, I'll be one of the next 500. Mm -hmm. If I don't sign up by next Tuesday, I have to wait for a year. I mean, that's all FOMO based. All. Exactly. And and to the shitty detriment in terms of like sleazy selling and marketing, that Mm -hmm. gets ratcheted up to make you feel like crap if you're experiencing that FOMO. Or you're scared if you don't experience it. But it can still be a sense of enjoyment to be like, hey, like I have a prize wheel. And at the end of each of my live workshops, I'm like, here's a prize wheel. Now, that again is not necessarily perfect for all people. But me Mm -hmm. as a gift giver, that's how I quantify doing Ah. exactly what you're talking about, which is setting a limit. Exactly. Right? Setting a cap. So if I spin the prize wheel at the end of my workshop and it says everybody gets a free 90-minute call with me. Mm-hmm. That's everybody that signs up in the next 72 hours has clearly dated in like indicated boundary. Right. right? And, and it's mindful. And it comes back to that, that aspect of mindful marketing or mindful brand building versus mm-hmm. manipulative. 
Yeah. So, you know, you're doing it with heart. You're, you're being conscious of your potential clients or leads, their own love languages or their own appreciation languages so that you know that you're not manipulating them. You're being mindful of the client relationship. Exactly. To your original point, that is how you're doing that. You're looking at this person as a human being with their own desires, needs, fears, wants, and all those things. And you're saying, where can I meet this person halfway? And is that a place I want to be? Exactly. Yeah. And how can I make their life better? And how can they make my life more fulfilled? You need to reach out to the Chapman estate because you know that book came out in 1998. You need I to, know. They need to make a few updates. They need to, not only do they need to make a few updates, they need to hire you to write the business version of the five love languages. Well, y'all heard it here first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's start a petition. <laughs> write it out. I mean, this is just brilliant. It's, it's, it feels so simple but then when you sit in that idea it feels revolutionary can can i tell you i think it's just and i mean many people when they start their business you know and, and you'll hear this from other entrepreneurs that you, you don't know until you've gone through it you know yeah. but at the same time is if you can anticipate some of these pitfalls and one of the biggest ones being choosing the proper client, the ideal client. It's not about making that target avatar, that, that target persona. We're talking right. about actually deciding who you want to work with. And you can be yes. mindful of it, conscious of it, and manifest it. Then uh, it saves you so much time and so much heartache. I just, I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless on my own show. That's a good thing. It's an amazing thing because normally I talk way too damn much, but like, oh, I'm speechless. Oh, well, thank you, Ed. (laughs) No, but you're right. It's compatibility. It's boundaries. It's Mm -hmm. going beyond avatar. I don't want to just work. And this literally never occurred to me. I'm sitting here looking at how I'm going to shape my offering into a membership. And I knew I thought I knew, and I did mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. everything about these people, yeah. everything, the kind of businesses they run, what's important to them. It never occurred to me that because we are a call based thing, mm-hmm. I have to be looking for people whose love language is quality time. Ah, yep. Or a little bit of words of affirmation. Like how eye opening is that? That changes everything. That changes my copy. That changes Mm -hmm. my emails. That changes my social. That literally changes everything to the point where right now I could go out and be like, hey, if your love language is quality time, this this network is for you. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, this this whole thing came about not just from these these experiences with clients, but also being um, very aware of my own mental health. Thank you. Thank you for being aware of your own mental health. I want to get back to that, but not before we normalize the fact that your mental, your mental health, your mental health is Mm -hmm. your most important asset as a small Mm -hmm. business owner. 
Oh, if yeah. you don't have or prioritize your mental health, you have freaking nothing. Please continue. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just really want to normalize. No, no, I, I'm, I'm with hard. you. I am with you. And and that's the thing. It it comes down to being aware and and I don't want to say mindful again, but it keeps coming up. Mindful. <laughs> be mindful of your own mental health because and let me extend that even further for mental wellness. Yes. So I have always been a mental health advocate, having struggled with and let me reframe that. Having survived and thrived, that's what I've started saying. Having survived and thrived with depression and anxiety since my teens. Me too, boo. That I I have had to find a way to incorporate and nurture my mental wellness as an entrepreneur with how I work with clients. And I have found that not choosing the right client for me whom I'm compatible with does a number on my mental health. Amen. Hallelujah. Say it again for the people in the back. Oh (laughs) my God. That is, I mean, I have OCD, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm thriving and alive in with OCD. Some days are harder than others. I've had the same history of anxiety and depression since a teen as as you have, maybe even younger, Mm -hmm. depending on when I caught wise to it, right? But like, the first person that will abuse my mental wellness is me. Oh, oh gosh. But horrible to ourselves. But Mm -hmm. I could totally name past clients who have abused the crap out of my mental wellness. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. They, They did it because I let them. But I wasn't being responsible. First -hmm. thing was I wasn't aware of my mental wellness and the effect that it had. And to Mm -hmm. some degree, I'm still not. I see it after the fact, right? We always see it in hindsight. Always in hindsight. But I feel like now that I know myself better, I'm able to be more responsible in my business Mm -hmm. toward and for the benefit and sustainment of my mental wellness. Yep. Yep. I'm so thrilled and grateful that you brought that up because if anything else, I want this to be a platform that normalizes that entrepreneurship is hard Mm -hmm. and running a business when you have any kind of mental or emotional challenge intensifies that hard, but that doesn't mean that you can't have it all. You can have a thriving business while you're dealing with your emotional stuff yourself you can take time off your business to prioritize Mm -hmm. your mental wellness all of these things are important but without mental wellness your business has no foundation and then when you take that up a notch and you realize that you can go after clients who nurture your mental wellness i think i can safely say right now and i'm gonna like cry shout out to everybody I think this might be the first time I might cry on my own podcast. Before I was speechless and now I might cry like every single client that I currently have mm-hmm. feeds and fosters my mental wellness. That is beautiful. It is That's the luckiest, most fortunate thing I could possibly say. But here's the thing. I have to give myself credit for that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I ha- That is of my making. That is not an accident. Even the mm-hmm. stuff that I manifested, I manifested with manifestation work. Yeah. Right? Like, 
I have clients right now that light me up because I have set boundaries that exclude the people that don't. And I've Mm -hmm. also prioritized giving my gifts, giving my love to the people that do fulfill me. Exactly. (sighs) Exactly. Do you ever just blow your own mind? Like, do you ever just listen to yourself and you're like, Nika, I am the smartest person I've ever seen? (laughs) I've had a few moments like that. (laughs) Well, the next time you need words of affirmation, you just call your girl, aka me. Of course. And I'm going to be like, by the way, you're a genius. By the way, you made me cry on my podcast. By the way, you made me speechless on the same episode about five minutes before. Mm. Oh my gosh, Addie. (laughs) (sighs) I just feel like I can breathe. And that, that, I think, in essence, is what every entrepreneur, solopreneur truly desires. It's not so much, yeah, everybody wants success, but you want that room to just be and breathe. Yeah. And you want time. So if you are overextending yourself because you think that your ideal client is this person, but you're not happy, then what's the point? Right. There's no if point. you're an acts of service person and you're given bonuses of your time, energy, effort, and money mm-hmm. to people that are not acts of service people, they're going to be like, cool, more free shit. But let, let's talk about how toxic it is around the fact that for me as a coach, my one of my love languages is that quality time and the acts of service. And I thrive in live coaching or one-on-one. But the industry tells me that I need to make my business more scalable by creating a little bit more of that impersonal approach. So I need to do more recordings. I need to do more of this. I need to do more of that. And it's all well and good. But if I can scale it, if I can create a business model that truly is an extension of my brand, myself, my love languages, so that when somebody comes into a course with me, they have at least one or two live calls with me versus it's all pre-recorded, then that's me. I don't have to go after everybody. You have to go after the right people. You have to build your tribe. Build your tribe. Mm -hmm. This has been an unfreaking forgettable conversation. Like I've had every possible emotion. I've cried twice. I'm just a mess. It's been like 40 minutes and I'm like, run the gamut. Like I'm going to sleep like a kid after a water park after this episode because I have been through it all. And and listen, I will start the petition. You got to write this book. You got to write okay, this book. Okay. <laughs> that, the, the, the Chapman estate, hear me. Don't write it yourself. Hire her. She's infinitely going to be better at this. I'm available. Right? She's available. She's here. And that's a great segue. So what is the best way for all the other people that are just madly in love with you and your love languages at this point? What's the best way for them to start a conversation with you? Well, I would tell you, number one, you want to check out this blog that I wrote about the love languages Mm -hmm. and client relationships. It'll be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check it out at anikarepowilson.com. And I have a little special freebie. For- <gasps> a gift! Oh. A gift! <laughs> a gift. <laughs> so I have a questionnaire that will help you to figure out your client love language. I mean, what a 
phenomenal gift. That's all yeah, I can so say about that. It's a little short questionnaire that you can personalize and, and make it your own. And you can probably use it to reflect on your own personal love languages and how you want mm. to scale your own offerings. But it's all available on my website. Anika, my friend, I love you. You are a gift in my life. I'm so thrilled that I got to share you with our listeners today. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Annie. I love you too. Everybody else, I'm going to take a deep breath, cry a little, and be back in a second with my final thoughts and your homework for this week. Well, hey there, listeners. Right off the bat, the first part of your homework is to take Anika's free guide to determine your client's love language. That is a 10 out of 10 must do. Why? Because as I mentioned in this episode, we are constantly being led to go out and find more new people. Fill the pipeline, cram them into your funnel, blow up your social media metrics, etc., etc. How many new eyes can you dazzle today? And listen, that's important. It really is. But we only have so much time, energy, and social media patience. We are brilliant but limited resources. And all those, hi, nice to meet you, please enjoy this crash course into my brain activities, have a tendency to steal oxygen from the people who have already invested in us. Maybe we load up our prospects or brand new clients with gifts and extra favors, but have let long-term relationships erode over time. Maybe your clients have graduated from you and never heard from you again. Maybe your affiliates, your collaborators, even your VIP red carpet clients feel a little neglected. So this week, I beg you to send thank you notes or thank you gestures, depending on the love languages at play. If you are grateful for their business or support and they are words of affirmation people, tell them in no uncertain terms. If a client has been noticeably absent where they used to be your star front row student, reach out and offer a little one-on-one time. You'll know what to do. They are your adoring clients after all, but there's a good chance they may need you now more than ever. It's not about selling. You don't have to worry about re-enrollment. It's about connection, service, and love. And I would be intensely hypocritical if I didn't just stop here and say, thank you so much for listening, sharing, and reviewing this podcast. I absolutely love you for it. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, Annie P. Ruggles. What if you never had to sell alone again? If you always felt safe and seen and supported in selling situations because you only had to show up as your best and also most ordinary self. You can profit just by being you without one gimmick, one inch of sleaze. To find out more about our membership, visit www.nonsleazy.com. That's N-O-N-S-L-E-A-Z-Y. Too Legitimate to Quit is written and hosted by me, Annie Passanisi-Ruggles. Our editor and producer is Andrew Sims of Hypable. Our incredible earworm of a theme tune was composed and performed by Riley Horbasio. 
Our beautiful show art is by Francois Vigneault and my beautiful, wonderful, amazing creative director, Georgia Curran, handles my social media accounts with care. Listen, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear how your homework is going, what you think of the show, or what topics you'd love to see covered here. Feel free to reach out to me on any platform with messaging, but the best for me are LinkedIn, where you'll find me under my name, Annie P. Ruggles, or on Instagram, where you'll find me at Anniepreneur. And please don't forget to send this show to people that you think would benefit or to drop us a review wherever you listen to podcasts that really helps our show grow. Until next week, remember, you're too legit to quit.